0: Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, after a long wait, are the fortunes for emerging markets finally looking up? Despite all the advantages they hold, they have struggled to beat their mainstream counterparts for years. But is that about to change? If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. The case for emerging markets is well rehearsed. Economies with much of their development still ahead of them, rapidly modernising societies and growing populations ready to consume. And yet they have consistently failed to beat their more developed neighbours when it comes to investment returns. Emerging markets always seem to find a way to disappoint. But some are beginning to wonder whether that could finally be about to change. To discuss that further, I'm joined today by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Uh, Tom, welcome along. Um, First of all, is my description there fair? Have emerging markets disappointed? And if they have, why have they?
1: Well, it very much depends on the timescale that you're looking at. Um, Emerging markets are um, volatile. Um, they, 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 they move up and down and over different time periods They you can make the case that they've been very disappointing or you can make the case that they've actually been, been pretty good. Yeah. So I, I looked at a number of these timescales. If you look back over the last 10 years, for example, um, the main... MSCI, Emerging Market Index, is basically exactly where it was 10 years ago. Right. So that is pretty disappointing. And it's particularly disappointing when you put it in the context of, for example, the US stock market, which over that period has performed extremely well um, and put them together on one chart. And and yes, you would think, why did I bother with, with emerging markets? If you look on a, on a longer time scale, I mean, if you go back to, say, 2020, um, uh, over the last 23 years, actually, emerging markets have pretty much tracked the U.S. market, um, yeah. and in a very different way. I mean, they've they've been more up and down, uh, and for much of that period, they were actually ahead of um, uh, of the U.S. But over that long period, they've they've pretty much matched it.
0: And, and it's always the case with any investment that uh, when you start really does make a difference. But I imagine it's even more relevant for emerging markets, you could have two very, very uh, similar investors, but they might start at sort of six months apart, and, and they could have wildly different returns. Because Absolutely. Of that.
1: And that's because of the volatility. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you pick the the, the the wrong moment, it might take you many years to, to repair the, the damage, but equally, getting at the right moment, I think that's one of the arguments for emerging markets, actually, that that that, that volatility can work in your favour, if you're keeping a close eye on it.
0: Yeah, and, and look, uh, as you sort of get to in your answer there, the story of emerging markets is also the story of developing markets in a way. And and how much would you say uh, this, let's call it disappointment of emerging markets over the, la- the past few decades, how much of that is down to their performance and how much is it down to the relative strong performance of developed markets? Because we've seen, haven't we, particularly in the period since the financial crisis, Developed markets have done really, really, really well. There's reasons for that, I'm sure you'll come on to. Um, And that's kind of put emerging markets in the shade.
1: Yes, I mean, I I think, you know, the fact of the matter is that in recent years you haven't needed to look very far Mm. um, beyond the developed world for for your investment returns. And and as you say, in particular, the US it has been driven by technology uh, shares um, really, since the financial crisis, the, la- the last ten to fifteen years uh, of very low interest rates has been a very good backdrop for for growth shares, technology shares, and of course, the U.S. market is is the most exposed to that to that kind of investment. So, relatively speaking, um, that's been the problem for emerging markets that, that that all the money has really gone to America. It's been
0: it's been chasing returns in in the U.S. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, when you think about emerging markets and the appeal or potential appeal of them, part of that is is rapidly growing um, economies, companies, uh, a growing middle class, all these sort of strong trends. If you can actually get strong growth in a developed mainstream market like the US, as you say, why would you look in other places? And like, that's kind of been the story for mm. emerging markets.
1: I, I think that's right. And uh, the answer to that question, I think, is that is that... that Process, which has been so favourable for developed markets in recent years, um, is 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 finite. It can't go on forever. I mean, well, I suppose. I mean, it could go on for quite a long time. But uh, I think that the emerging market story is really a story which which could go on for many, many years. And and indeed, you know, the 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 argument about why invest in in emerging markets, they they account for very high proportion of the of the growth in the global economy. Uh, They account for very high proportion of the global population, Mm. uh, the land mass, whatever measure you use, um, emerging markets have got it. Um, in spades. And um, uh, so I think that that is a story which could go on for, for decades. And indeed, it has already gone on for decades, but there's no reason why it shouldn't continue. To
0: go. Yeah. And, and let's just focus on, the, on the, the sort of near term and what's happened in more recent history then, because there's been a huge amount of, of, of volatility. I mean, you wrote about emerging markets this week and you spoke about the performance of the Chinese market. And we're going to come on to actually talk about the composition of emerging markets per se. But What have what has a market like China done just in the last year or so? Because it has been volatile.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you go back six months uh, to last autumn, you know, you would have been forgiven for thinking that the the underperformance that we've talked about of emerging markets would be likely to continue. I mean, we were six months on from the invasion of Ukraine. You know, uh, any emerging market fund which had an exposure to Russia would have really suffered from yeah. that because, um, in in most cases, the the value of Russian investments was was written down to it became zero. uninvestable, uninvestable, much. Uh, written down to zero. And at the same time, we were getting very mixed messages out of uh, China. And you may remember there was a there was a big um, uh, Communist Party Congress, and the market reaction to what was said at that Congress. Was pretty pretty negative at, at the time. People felt that the sort of uh, regulatory squeeze on on important growth sectors was going to continue, uh, and importantly, that the the country's zero COVID approach was going to continue. So, roll back six months, and emerging markets didn't look like a very good place to be at all. The reality is that they've done extraordinarily well over the last six months. They've absolutely participated in the market rebound that we've seen over the last six months and in fact probably done a bit better than the rest of the world.
0: Yeah and and, and you know some of the volatility is to be expected isn't it because when you're dealing with emerging markets you're there, there are certain risks that I mean, they do exist in other markets, but they're they're kind of more so in in emerging markets. The political risk is an obvious one. Some issues around governance and currency risk in particular, I think, is often sort of underestimated when it comes to emerging markets. They can add layers of, of volatility and risk that you might not get in more mainstream markets.
1: They can. Um, and I think it's also fair to say, though, that, that those risks are diminished compared to 10, 15, 15 right. years ago, um, when, uh, for example, um, many emerging markets were, were very exposed to fluctuations in the value of the dollar, for example, because uh, many emerging market governments and companies had Borrowings denominated in, in dollars. So, um, if the if the U.S. currency rose in value, then uh, the, the the effective cost to those companies of those dollar-denominated debts rose. And mm-hmm. so, um, people used to say, you know, that the, a falling dollar was good for emerging markets, a rising dollar was bad for emerging markets, and that was true. It's much less the case now because um, many of these companies um, have actually much much stronger balance sheets, current accounts are, are in better balance than they were. And in many cases, actually, they're in better shape than the developed world. So some of that sort of emerging market, volatile, uh, risky, developed market safe um, theory has really been turned on its head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. indeed. Um, let, let's turn for a moment to the, the practical experience of investing in emerging markets, Tom, because how is it how is it best done? Uh, from a from an ordinary investor's point of view uh, and what are you actually getting when you invest uh in emerging markets in general i mean that's a big catch all isn't it and it covers yeah. a very diverse set of places in the world uh what exactly are you getting?
1: yes i mean it it is a very diverse investment opportunity, the reality is that if you are tracking an emerging market index, you're actually probably following quite a small handful of countries. Um, China accounts for about a third of the emerging market uh, index. Taiwan uh, is another uh, very important um, uh, emerging market, developing market. Um, uh, South Korea um, is also important, and India. And those four countries actually account for about three quarters of the whole emerging market opportunity yeah. uh, set. And you add in Brazil, which is probably another 5%, and you're up to up to 80, 80%. So if you look at those countries, then obviously, you know, some of the themes that you're going to be playing as an emerging market investor are, yes, the consumer story, you know, the growing middle class that we talked about um, uh, earlier on. But also, there's a very high technology element. You know, if you look at somewhere like Taiwan... It's really the world's biggest um, uh, producer of semiconductor chips. Um, and so that, it, that is a kind of play on technology growth and economic growth in the developed world as well. Yeah. So it's quite difficult to generalise about
0: what you're getting with emerging markets because you're getting quite a lot of different things. And, you know, the countries that you mentioned there, I mean, people listening to this, will it will not escape them that they all face some fairly immediate sort of uh, geopolitical uh, ripples, shall we say. And that does go with the turf somewhat, doesn't it? Not to say that the more developed world or more developed stock markets don't also face risks from their political systems. They absolutely do. We're seeing that in the UK. Mm. So let's not get sort of high-handed about it. But Mm. uh, it is true, isn't it, that... Things can change very quickly when it comes to emerging markets.
1: Yeah, there are there are certainly risks which are which are more present in in the emerging world than in the developed world. And this um, plays to the second part of your question, which was how best to um, how best to invest in, Mm. in emerging markets. And I think what it what it what it says is that, you know, for one thing, these countries are in many cases a long way away and we don't know a huge amount about them necessarily. Um, And also, we don't necessarily, as individual investors, really understand the nuances of of the 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 uh the influence of for example the chinese government on business in china and so it's quite a specialist area and i think um probably more than any other type of investing it probably makes sense to to get an expert to 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 do it for you um especially if that expert investor that investment house um has got boots on the ground it's got analysts there close to the companies talking to the companies that's going to be an advantage for you
0: yeah And I started, Tom, uh, you know, asking the question about whether or not the scene is now set for emerging markets to outperform. Um, That obviously relates to what developed markets do as well. Is there a case for saying that we are moving now to uh, an environment with higher levels of inflation versus history, potentially higher rates, uh, interest rates versus history? In other words, a more normal monetary environment. And actually that removes some of the advantages that mainstream markets have enjoyed versus emerging markets. And that could be the backdrop for emerging markets to really bring their natural advantages to bear a bit more because it it seems to me with emerging markets that the story is always good and compelling and strong, but there's always near-term things that just get in the way of that and mean that you, you, you just kept waiting, you kept waiting for, these these things to, to to bear fruit. I mean, mm. could this be a turning point?
1: Well I think that I think there's a there's a long term and a medium term and a short term argument for, for investing in, in, in emerging markets. We talked about the long term argument, the demographics, uh, the, the the economic growth, um, all of those things. That's a long long term story. I think there's a kind of medium story which is the fact that, that the US in particular has had a very good run over the last 10 years or so, and maybe circumstances are not quite as favourable towards the US as they were um, uh, a few years ago. And then I think in the very short term, you've got a couple of uh, issues which might argue for emerging markets. I think the emergence of China from Covid is a, is a positive not just for China, but for many of the emerging markets sort of within the Chinese orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, I, I think that's a positive. And I think um, we mentioned the dollar before. I think that the, the dollar has been very strong. And there are signs some people believe that the dollar is, is likely to weaken a bit from here. So I think um, with the caveats that we mentioned before about it being less important than maybe it has been in the past, yeah. I think a weakening dollar is a positive for emerging markets.
0: OK, well. Tom, thanks for filling us in there. That is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed.